0: Oh my gosh, after last year and the year before, land is becoming more and more important for investing reasons. And I'll tell you why, because Pete Reese is going to come on our show and explain. And if you haven't heard the song, Buy Dirt, you should listen to the song, Buy Dirt. Hi, I'm Rebecca hidalgo Reigns, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I've found that I love talking to people and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the Grateful Heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns here with Grateful Heart TV, and we're about ready to bring on our special guest, Pete Reese. What's so cool about him is he made $3.5 million last year flipping land, and he's going to tell us all about it. I personally can't wait to hear all about it. So welcome, Pete. How are you today? Well,
1: thanks i'm doing great thanks for having me rebecca
0: i'm super excited to have you on you know i don't know how much you know about me besides having my podcast i've been doing real estate for 30 years so whenever i can learn something new and exciting and share it with our folks watching about land flipping that's one thing that yours truly hasn't done a ton of i've done some and actually in recent years i've done pretty well doing some but i'd much rather learn from pete the expert how, what how, what got you started in flipping land? By the way, like is that what you yeah. just always were into?
1: No, you no, you know what? I have been um I've been in real estate since about 2002. You know, as a as an active investor, uh-huh. used to deal with single family homes and flipping them was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. And then I became a real estate broker, got my broker's license, and then I was uh, focused for a while there on dealing in foreclosure properties. And after oh. the market crashed here in California, uh. And then i worked with a lot of other investors that were primarily focused on you know home flips pretty much right but you know recently i you know a number of years ago i was like i I need to i need to get into another niche here of investing and i was doing a lot of research and kind of deciding what i wanted to do and stumbled into some stuff about land flipping and just learned everything i could about and i thought it would sort of appeal sort of match up well with my skill set which i like buying and selling stuff and i I think I'm good at identifying value. Right. And uh yeah, one thing led to another and then the first year in land flipping was 2021 and March of 2021 is where we sold our first land flip deal did about 1.2 million and some change that year with about 50% gross profit margin. So on average we're trying to double our our um properties that we sell. So we buy something for 20,000 we try to sell it for 40,000 after all commissions and closing costs. So uh, that was 2021. Uh, 2022 ended up doing about 3.5 million in revenue. That's just super under 50% exciting. Gross profit margin. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and then this year, 2023, we're looking to do 10 million. So just trying to scale it as quickly as we can.
0: Well, so 10 million from three and a half million—that is quite a scale. You're trying to triple what you did last year, right. which. In real estate, this is, I don't know, kind of a weird year for us. Those of us who've been doing this a long time, you know, we're following nothing that we followed in the past as far as seasonality of our business or anything like that. But one thing I can share, I've worked with builders for many, 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 many years. And you know, as far as their profitability goes, it usually goes right back to the land. You know what? Could they? What did they end up getting the land for? We actually saw a lot of builders here this past year jump from deals as the market got a little shiftier, if you will, right? Um, and they bounced out of deals that you know you never would have thought they would have bounced out of. And they did. So obviously, they, they didn't think they could make the money that they thought they were going to make from the homes they were going to build on said land. So, is there a formula you learned about? Like you mentioned, you're really good at identifying value. So, for somebody like me or somebody not like me who doesn't carry a license, but maybe this is like, ooh, cool, I could buy some land. There's no maintenance involved, there's no tenants involved. You know, all those headaches when you're, you know, wanting to buy multiple properties kind of goes away. I'm assuming that's what attracted you to begin with.
1: Yeah, you know, I love the profit margins. I love there's a number of things I liked about the business. Basically, it's very scalable because it's scalable. We generate all of our deals with direct mail. Mm -hmm. So we send out direct mail and we send out offers to people. And then the other thing about it is the profit margins, you know, doubling our money in 60 to 75 days is very doable. And on average, that's what we've been almost able to do. Wow. So that was really appealing to me as well because it, it accelerates really quickly when you're able to do get those kind of margins.
0: Well, um, and whose money are you using? Are you using your own money or did you create a REIT? Because when you're talking three and a half uh, yeah. million, you know, that's some deep pockets for the average investor. Yeah.
1: Well, it, uh, we're doing it all of our own money. There is a couple of larger deals that I've I've partnered with other people um, mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, but... Uh, you know, and it didn't start at this level, so we were buying. We had some money to start with, uh-huh. and then, you know, that allowed us to start getting into the business, and then it just starts snowballing because you're able to get those great returns, and we're able to gradually buy more and more properties and more and more, and uh, I've got a really big portfolio built up now, which I own free and clear.
0: That is and, so uh, cool. Is that, yeah. is that all in California?
1: No, all over the country. Okay. And actually, uh, none of these these land flip deals that we're doing right now are even in California. So oh, that's, we're all, that's all over the place. But I, mostly a lot of stuff on the East Coast.
0: East Coast, yeah. I would love to know where you're finding value and and you know the the ease of doubling your money in land because here in Arizona, I don't see that happening very often. It doesn't mean that there isn't profit in the land, but doubling is a big is a big goal in my opinion, especially in such a short term period, and especially in the year uh, we've been through.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's a number of uh, number of things about it. I mean, we're we're buying everything off market first of all. Uh, we're buying from people mostly that uh, it's unwanted property for them. A lot of times, people have never been to the property. They inherited it or they bought mm. it many years ago, and it's just simply uh, more of a burden than a
0: the tax bill comes around and they're like, point. oh, great, exactly, yeah. Uh, so and,
1: and they know they're not going to do anything with this property. They just have to maintain it, and you know, it's just simply. Uh, something they'd rather move on from.
0: So that's a really um, cool thought that you're not even looking at properties actually on the market. You're going and finding properties on your own that people aren't even thinking about selling, making them an offer they can't refuse, I'm assuming because you know, if they're not in the market to sell, they probably don't even have a very good pulse on what it's worth per se. Um, and then at the end of the day, you're making an offer that makes them happy. It's a win-win for you. So how long are you going and finding people to buy this land, or do you just go on market with it once you actually secure it?
1: Yeah, we always list our properties with a local agent or broker mm-hmm. and a specialist. So you know, that's, that's part of our system. I'm I've had, had properties where I had to, you know, kind of list them kind of flat fee MLS type thing. But uh, our goal is really to find a local specialist to work with. Mm-hmm. That they've got their own marketing system in place. They know the area really well. They can help us with their opinions on the value. And, uh, you know, then I don't have to worry about that whole side of the business. So that I worry a about finding as many as good deals as we can. So that's my goal. So
0: out of curiosity, zoning, in my opinion, is a really big deal, as is water. So let me share with you, Pete, what I did a couple years ago. It's literally two years ago this week. Um I closed on some land here in Arizona, 15 acres with my husband. And I would say we easily doubled our money as we split it off five different ways since we didn't have to create a subdivision that way. Are you actually parceling off prop you know, like do you buy a chunk and then split it and then try to sell it that way? Or or what are you doing? Because what I stepped into was literally a week after closing, the town went into moratorium. So we couldn't get any meters and I'm still waiting for freaking uh-huh. meters. So I learned a really hard lesson. And there was no way for me to predict that because it came out in a meeting literally a week after closing. Um, but what are some things that people might want to keep an eye out for if they're looking to do what you're doing so that they don't step in it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, a really good question. You know, we do uh, some subdividing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a number of those things, but sometimes a lot of times we'll just buy the property, do some minor value add type stuff. Like if it's a a lot of these properties are rural properties. They're, they're just rural, vacant land. Mm-hmm. They're not a property that's going to be developed into a subdivision or anything like that. So these are properties that would typically be used as recreational purposes or a potential home site. Mm-hmm. So in these cases, you know, we're doing a whole checklist of research on these properties, and we're just trying to determine whether it's a buildable property or not, or if there's any sort of red flags or anything about the property that would restrict it from building. So we call the county, the city, who, whatever municipality is in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll look into the soils in the property. Sometimes we'll call a lo- local soil scientist and, you know, see what their thoughts are about getting a septic system on that property. We'll check for availability of utilities in the area. So we do these, these standard checks. We always send out a photographer to actually walk the property, do drone photos and videos and everything like that and we're just trying to kind of determine the red flags. Uh, the other thing that we, we review closely is the preliminary title report, see if there's any sort of restrictions on the deed about what you can do with the property. But pretty much we're just, you know, and, and in most of these areas, it's pretty easy to build on. Uh-huh. You know, there's not a lot of really intense, you know, regulations like you would have here in California. So- I could see uh, why you stay so out of those, California those with your ahead.
0: investing, just because of all the yeah, red tape you have to go through over it's there. Tough.
1: Some investors uh, do business out here, but you know, we don't, there's a lot more opportunity for us. It's a lot easier to do business in some of the other states. Even though I've been a broker here since 2006, I know what to do. It's just,
0: right. But there's easier,
1: there's still easier places. There's
0: so. easier places. So, where I'm talking about the red tape I've run into, I actually have a listing right now that has a really weird uh, zoning and it's called general use, and it won't, it's like, I think 800 feet further from the sewer hookup than what the city will allow in order to connect to it. So my poor client, she had it. And I shouldn't call her poor. She, she was gifted this money. She inherited it, the land, right? Well, she took out a loan on it and now she's struggling to make the payments. But at the same time, it's really not marketable from what I'm finding out. It's like so limited. What right now the zoning will allow that we're really struggling finding a buyer for. So I guess what I'm trying to ask or see if you would agree with this is when you buy your land you're looking at the marketability of flipping it and those are all those things that you're going to want to look at because somebody who's you know sometimes just inherited some land they may not know jack about jack about jack because that's the same thing with my client and when I told her about the issue with the sewer connection that you know the county right now only allows septic on this lot. And the way it's zoned it would only allow one house on this lot, but it's on a busy road and there's commercial surrounding it. So it makes it one of those really kind of weird things for resale. And you know there, there was no way for her to know any of this until I started doing that research and that it's, it takes a lot to find out. So is there a, an easy way for somebody who's not licensed, who doesn't have access maybe to the MLS, to do any preliminary research? or do they just should they just sign up for your school and you'll teach them everything?
1: Yeah, well, I do have a community, uh, you know, a land flipping community where I'm going to be releasing a whole free training program that's going to talk about all the, the, we call it our due diligence process. Uh Basically, I give you a checklist and here are the different things you need to check off your list. So we try to dig up all those type of issues and basically look at things from a perspective of buyers, you know, eyes, uh, you know, get get in their shoes and think like, what are they going to potentially want to do with this property? Are those potential uses or are they are they possible here?
0: Do you, do so you ever that, go through that, the trouble of trying to get something rezoned?
1: Uh, we haven't rezoned any properties. No, okay. but I'm not opposed to it. If the situation were to come up where, where it made sense. And and I know that there are a lot of investors out there that just specifically look for those opportunities. Really? They look for rezoning opportunities. Oh, yeah.
0: Because they can and make a lot more niches, that way? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, specific properties, you know, that maybe are on the edge of a commercial zone or on the edge of. Of some sort of other zoning where it would make sense to uh to, to get that zoned a different way you know those are the easiest ones to get done and then the best ways to increase the value of the property as soon as you get that approval
0: right Is to get yeah and then you flip it and make some money on it so right. you're putting in the mls you're finding land experts which when i um ran into that situation with my listing i reached out to one of my commercial land gals and oh my gosh Even though I've been doing this 30 years, seriously, not in that niche. And I had a lot to learn from her and all of her connections really made a big difference. So I can see why when you're playing in other states that maybe you're you're not living in, why you'd want to find somebody who specializes in land, because that really is a very specialized field for realtors. Your average realtor who goes and sells properties like homes does not usually know anything about it. I know a little bit more than yep. the average bear, but that's about as far as I'm gonna go is call myself dangerous. And, and I'm really excited about it. I gotta put my glasses on for this. Um, I got signed up this morning for your school. Let me find the right screen for ah, that. This, cool. is, this is your turning profit um, website. This is for your podcast. And the school is actually S-K-O-O-L, which I thought was really funny because yeah. that. I just think of old school when I hear that. And that's you can be yeah. you can yep. go on to turningprofit.com to learn more about that. Um, yes. Yes. And I I just thought that was super cool. So is that part of your inspiration of just sharing your information with your podcast is getting people to sign up for your S K O O L Super Cool School. And that's right. And then get in there. And that's <laughs> is that what you were referring to? That you're planning and putting materials on there for people, maybe like me, who are trying to learn more about flipping land.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. I mean, we we have our podcast about um real estate investing and with a heavy em- emphasis on land flipping, but my goal is to kind of create a deeper connection with everyone and we're able to do that by this community that we're building it's on the school platform as you mentioned and it's uh, it's all about land flipping and in within that community i'm releasing a whole free training program and people are i'm sure skeptical thinking well why is it free you know there's got to be some sort of catch there actually is no catch uh it's about it's all my knowledge and it's put into a full training program trying to make it as good as i could possibly make it uh, down the road, I probably will be offering like a paid mentorship program for those people that want some extra service or uh, extra, uh-huh. you know, uh, extra something, but th- obviously that's not a requirement by any means, but, uh, I, I know I'll do well, but, and I know that I'll make a lot of great connections and be able to partner a lot, a lot of deals by having this community. And that's kind of kind of the big
0: goal. Well, I love the idea of this community. Quite honestly, I'm working on an affordable housing initiative that I would, that's why I keep going back to what states are you buying land in? Because (laughs) I've got some folks out in Arkansas visiting a builder in Missouri this week, and we're looking at actually acquiring some land out in that area because it's more affordable than what I can purchase here in Arizona. And I just wanted to make sure that I was doing Uh, my own due diligence on location. So I'd love to know from you, Pete, where are some of your states that you guys are doing active business in that you find are a good value for your money?
1: Yeah, well, we love the East Coast, the whole East Coast corridor. I mean, we're buying stuff from all the way from New York down to Florida. Um, But I'm trying to expand into many more states. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is we... You know, we get a little traction in a particular area. We find some great people to work with, and it's almost like building like a satellite office. Like we've got all these contacts in a particular area, and we try to do as much business as we can in those areas. So, my goal for this year is to kind of establish as many of those little areas as we can all across the country. So, I'm trying to expand into to every state. Really, I don't have. I'm not opposed to doing business anywhere. Uh, it's just a matter of finding good people to work with on the ground in those. So
0: you've created little ecosystems from Florida all the way up to New York. So are you talking coastal regions primarily or just the coastal states at this point that you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Pretty much all the states along the coast there, you know, Uh Florida, Georgia, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York. You know, those are kind of. And now big, big areas for us but
0: I'm, I'm just curious is it just that you're finding more people are given more land that way that's just sitting more rural or are they just more rural places i'm just trying to understand the method to your yeah, madness some of the
1: states are pretty rural places mm-hmm. um some of them i've just kind of you know it was kind of dumb luck in a way i just sent some some marketing to certain areas and and they've gotten traction and then mm-hmm. i've made good connections in those areas and then i, I figure well this next state is pretty similar here so I, then i started sending out some stuff there so it kind of just built like that i didn't have any sort of grand plan to you know like focus on the east coast it just kind of just kind of happened but like i said i'm trying to trying to uh, go anywhere in the whole country beyond that yeah Yeah, you know we've done uh, stuff in the pacific northwest which is great too Uh um but uh, pretty much all over haven't done anything in arizona yet though
0: well i can maybe help you get started here in arizona if you want okay great Um, you know (laughs) i want to take a quick commercial break we're going to come right back because i want to dive into what is it that you're actually mailing out to get people to respond so let's talk about that right after break if you're looking for a mortgage you need a personalized plan not a click button get mortgage option My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I wanna say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients, so I do dare you to Google me, and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home.
1: independently owned means low overhead so you get the best rates fees and service keep more of your money brokers are better realtor recommended for over 20 years contact me joe smith at epic mortgage today 602-741-4121 whether
0: purchasing a home or refinancing we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. Okay, we're back from break. And I promised that I was going to ask Pete, what is his secret sauce? What, what is getting people to respond and say, yes, I want to sell my land? But before I do, uh, did I read somewhere here that you are the 31st great grandson of King Henry II? <laughs> what? Where did that come from? Yes, uh, I, I am. <laughs> How did you find You know,
1: find my daughter, that- yeah, my, my daughter uh, was big into ancestry.com and kind of mm. researching our lineage and everything and you know they have these little clues on there that you can kind of follow from one generation to the next Mm -hmm. and one thing to led to another and yeah i guess i'm i'm related to this guy he's my 31st great grandfather oh that's so fun no no real way to verify this, but I use it on my bio, at least.
0: Well, I'm going to have to start doing mine, because a couple years ago, on a one weekend, my husband was gone, and I think I was just a little bit too bored. And you mentioned the clues on Ancestry. Yes. So I was chatting with a girlfriend, something came up, and I'm like, huh, maybe I'll go on Ancestry and see if I can figure out my grandpa's dad's real name. It was just something random like that. Two days later, I'm like 14 generations in, and apparently... And I don't know who's more important in history, but supposedly I'm related to the queen who started the Catholic religion, the queen of Spain. And I am wow. I know, right? And I'm like, how can I verify that? That's really cool. <laughs> um, so I just caught my eye when you wrote that. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he found out on Ancestry. Because, yeah. you know, it's kind of fun. You know, I didn't really think too much of it. But, um, You know, I saw you wrote that. I'm like, huh, I'm not the only one who's somehow related to somebody really famous, right? So now I'm I'm related to the Queen of Spain, in case you wondered, Pete. Um, Now let's get back to the topic. The topic is, okay, I have been in real estate for 30 years, dude. And I am a firm believer that print mail does not work anymore. Used to work for me. Doesn't work anymore but I must be doing something wrong or you're doing something very right or maybe it's just because you're looking at land and and your message is different than what us realtors usually send out for trying to get listings. Share with me, what is it that you're sending out that's getting you good deals that you're doubling your money?
1: I'm actually sending out offers to people, like actual offer letters uh, for their properties. So we build a whole list, you know, data from a particular area. Say I take a particular county uh, Mm -hmm. of people or vacant land that is 10 acres and above all these owners of these properties 10 acres above and in this particular county mm-hmm. and we'll take the average uh, land values for that particular area and then that will allow us to calculate an offer price for each particular huh. uh Peak okay. parcel. uh so i send them a, yeah i send them a two-page letter first page is kind of explaining why we're contacting them who we are what we can do for them mm-hmm. and the second page is an actual one-page purchase agreement with an offer price and and uh, terms of, of, of a deal. Very simple.
0: So do they pick up the phone and call you and go, oh, my God, where have you been? You just saved my life? Or do they try to negotiate with you usually? Or do you, is it a mixed bag?
1: All kinds of responses. Some people call up and are very angry that I offered them uh, like an insulting offer.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. Are,
1: yeah, some people are calling and, and telling us, hey, I'm interested, but it needs to be at this price. Uh, some people are like, okay, I've, I was thinking about selling this I've, It looks like a fair price I've, I'm ready to sell So we get all times, and And we actually get people mailing the letters back signed And you know the purchase agreement signed and, and Stop so that it that way as well. They actually just yeah.
0: sign it and mail it back And then you don't even talk to them yeah. You just get something in the mail And you're like, well, it looks we, like I we, just bought a house We then or... contact
1: them and let them know we got it And oh. let them know kind of the next steps and, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, yeah, we get that a lot
0: So you said 10 acres Why 10 acres? What's the deal with 10 acres or more?
1: oh okay yeah well that's that's kind of what i'm focused on in a lot of the rural areas mm-hmm. it, for me it's a it's a pretty safe it's a safer way to buy properties the smaller the property generally the closer to a city or town it is and um you know the less uses it has so say for instance um for me you know and other investors think the complete opposite for me they well, like. The i'm, not, invu- I'm right not interviewing anybody else yeah. i'm
0: only interviewing you today so i want yes. to know what you think
1: <laughs> so what i like about them is that they generally have multiple uses so a 10 acre property in most areas can at least be a recreational property meaning mm-hmm. some people can go out there and you know ride their four-wheel or do, or do whatever they want on the property um they there also is a potential for building on the on the property most of the time there's generally on a 10 acre property there's generally some sort of site where they can find a place to, to build a home mm-hmm. so i like the fact that there's multiple uses and we price them accordingly you know it's if it's a recreational property or potential building site property you know we we have a particular value in mind that, that makes sense so there's there's an active market for those types of properties especially the the better ones right and uh that's kind of the market that we play in most of the time
0: so do you go through an interview process when you're trying to find an agent out of state that can help you once you know you got some letters and some of them come back signed and you're like oh crap this county's really good over here you know all kinds of people want to sell so what do you do to vet the agents because i know we're not all wired the same nor do we have the same experience like where do you start with that
1: yeah well I'd definitely look for land specialists like people that focus on agents that focus on land and then I'll generally pull up a site like Landwatch, which is a big land listing site. And I'll see who's got a lot of listings on there. I'll see who, who you know, looks like they're Does maybe the most paying business. for the premier membership or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And uh, so I'll try to find the top person in a particular area. I'll give them a call, kind of explain what we do uh-huh. and that we try to buy and sell a lot of properties in an area when we when we find someone good to work with. I mm-hmm. Explain to them we pay, we pay 10% commission and uh, that we're the easiest, were the easiest uh, client that they could ever have. Okay, so, so now
0: we're at 10% commission. You're going to get a lot of people excited to work with you at 10% yeah. commission. That obviously is the listing commission, and then they're splitting it, I'm sure, with whoever the buy, whoever's representing the buyer when it comes to actually flip right. it and sell it. So if that's the case, um, I bet they're pretty excited to talk to you. And then do they, in turn, send you a referral since you're also licensed? Do you work it out that way at all, or do you not worry uh, about that no, aspect? You
1: know, I could do that. I could do that but i don't even i don't even work that aspect at all okay in fact you know a lot of times you know say for instance we'll be talking to potential uh sellers and in an area and we can't quite come together on price Mm -hmm. i'll just refer them to that local land agent or land broker that we're working with and i'm not looking for any sort of kickback or referral commission or anything like that my goal is to kind of Build some great relationships and I kind of look at the bigger picture. I'm not worried about a little referral commission or something like that. I'd rather, focus on the bigger deals, try to do as many deals as I can. I want to be their best client. You know, we price things aggressively too, and that's why we're able to sell quickly. We, we price slightly below the retail, and, uh, you know, and then well, we, if you picked it up for a good price.
0: It allows you to do that and still make killer profits. So that's awesome. And then you're also making sure to reward that agent so that they want to continue working with you, which is super smart. Like I always always promote that, but that's also me being in the business for 30 years. And a lot of times our clients are a little bit more short-sighted and they're just looking at the one deal instead of creating that relationship with somebody who's quality, because somebody whose quality can make or break you when it comes time to reselling that property. And you want to work with the quality agents, that's for sure. Um, I know I'm looking at the clock. I'm already beginning to run out of time, and I have so many questions for you still. But two questions that popped out at me from your uh, media kit. Number one, what was your best deal ever? And then I want to know your worst deal ever. And if you want to reverse the order, you can. Your choice, Pete.
1: Okay, okay, these are good. Okay, best deal ever. You know, one pops out at me that just I did this year and, you know, I've had a lot of good deals. I would I would say a lot of deals that went very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of one of my favorites that I did was just this year. I think we bought it in December for I think was a 40 acre property somewhere about that uh, around that size. 40 acre property. Mm -hmm. Bought it for maybe six. 60,000, I think, if my numbers are, are correct. Uh-huh. And then it was just a cash purchase. Uh, you know, this property had um, some man made ponds on it. And, oh. you know, there's some things, it was a little overgrown. Uh, I was going to have someone hire someone to clear the brush out on the property, but uh, the person, the brush clearing company was kind of backed up. So I was like, oh, let's just list it on the market right away, anyhow, and we'll, we'll get that done as, as soon as they can get to that. Uh-huh. But I think we listed it at 150. And then we got multiple offers right away, and cash offers. I believe we ended up selling it for 175. Uh, so we bought it for 50, sold it for 175, ended up making uh, I don't know close to 100 thousand dollars, and it just owned it for about three weeks something like that that's not a bad return pete
0: at all i think anybody watching was like oh my gosh i want to do what pete's doing he's my new idol um and you know because of the time i do want to hear your worst deal and then i want to flip through some of your social because you've got some really cool videos your you know your podcast you put out there on your instagram i love what you're doing even on linkedin so people can reach out and find you there so i'm definitely going to hit all that but let's hear about your worst deal and why was it your worst deal
1: Okay, worst deal. You know, the thing, the one that comes to mind is I bought this property, which I thought it was a great deal when I bought it. It was a <laughs> 13 or 14 acre property. It was in a, the city limits of a larger city in the southeast. And it was, uh, unfortunately, it was landlocked. And I knew it was landlocked when I bought it, meaning like there was subdivisions all around this property, this big, long, right. kind of weird shaped property. And it was just kind of like a little island in the middle of all these other properties. I think I bought it for three thousand dollars or something uh-huh. like that uh, and i thought i was going to be able to sell it for twenty thousand no, dollars no problem but anyhow i had it for a long time i had lots of people always calling me interested in it and they didn't understand what landlocked was and the fact that you know you could walk onto the property cutting through a neighbor's yard or something like that but there's oh, really there no was just way to- no <laughs>
0: egress or ingress there was no yeah, exactly. you had no um did you end up working out with one of the neighbors to give you access to the land so people could drive well, on there you know, it
1: was like uh, there was an apartment complex that was right beside it, so there was like a parking lot right there next to there, and people would just park there and walk into like, and there was right. no one that was going to stop them. Right. But, but legally, there was no access to the deeded or legal access Ooh. to the property. So you know, and I knew that, but I thought, well, like there were so many homeowners around there, I and thought, it was well, only three thousand
0: bucks. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: And uh, no one, none of those people were interested in buying it. And uh, yeah, ended up selling it, and I ended up selling it for five thousand something. But after you know, all the
0: time and headaches and yeah, everything, it you was went just through. such a
1: hassle. So it who, was hassle. who ended up
0: buying it I, if, if it was landlocked?
1: Uh, I'm not sure what they were going to do with it. It was just someone local there. They ended up buying it. I, you know, hmm. maybe they were going to put a, you know, paintball course on it, or I, <laughs> you know, I don't know what they are going to do with it. But uh, parking lot. Uh, they, you know. They uh, bought it for me and I I was just happy to get rid of it. And then that kind of led me to my criteria now that I never buy landlocked properties because of it.
0: Well, and that makes absolute sense because normally you have to have access to your property and at least get... Some one of your neighbors to give you permission to cross their property to get to your property because it's kind of like if you don't have water, your land ain't worth much and if you don't have access to your land, it ain't worth much either. So yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. I actually um, talked to somebody at one of our county levels recently about that listing of mine and he shared with me, he's like, Rebecca, I can't even begin to tell you how many people call us on a Monday after they've been drinking all weekend. They have all these great ideas of all these things they're going to do with this land they want to buy and how many of them actually close on it it, and then find out they can't do what they thought they could do. And then they end up just, you know, sitting on it indefinitely. So I'm sure you've come across people like that who probably like, oh, my God, yes, I'd love to sell. And then once you actually dive deep into it, you're probably like, oh, no, I don't want to buy it. Has that happened to you?
1: <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Yeah. And we try to we try to, you know, get get to the bottom of those type of issues during our due diligence process. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens sometimes.
0: Yeah, and that's not a good sometimes. You hope to avoid any of that ever (laughs) happening. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, the great majority of the time, we're good. You know, like we do our due diligence. We're just kind of making sure there's nothing really weird that's going to cause a major red flag.
0: Right, Um, because, yeah, I mean, it would just take one or two deals with, you know, not doing your right due diligence that all of a sudden your profit goal of tripling what you did last year goes the opposite direction if, you know, you have another landlocked deal. So I could see your buy box has... Do you actually let's talk about that buy box? Besides landlock, is there anything else that y- you always go for or you don't go for? You said 10 acres or more. That was also your sweet spot.
1: Yep. I, w- I mean, we just look for nice properties. You know, I, okay. I avoid things that, you know, have a, like really bad topography, maybe on the side of a mountain, or maybe they're all Hillside. wetlands, or maybe. You know maybe they've got neighbors that are you know have a junkyard you know there you know things like that can cause problems especially from the resale side so Mm -hmm. i just try to put myself in the buyer's shoes and look at the property and evaluate it and uh, if it's a nice property and it's got access and, uh, you know, we're buying it for the right price and we can generally sell it.
0: Well, anybody looking to sell some land, Pete Reese is right here looking to make yes. offers, Contact right? Contact me. Contact Pete. <laughs> All right, Pete, I'm going to scroll over real quick. I want to make sure. Okay, so this is Real Vest is your actual real estate company and your passion yes. is real estate. So somebody, maybe they want to work with you. They're like, I like what he's doing. Maybe he can help me just buy land instead of me having to go out and find it on my own. Do you ever do that for people?
1: Uh, no, no. no? <laughs> we can buy it for ourselves. Yeah.
0: Okay. So <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you know, I'm I'm out of the agent game. I guess okay. you could say now. So.
0: So yeah, you you're just working for yourself, and so your website is really just information for anybody just looking to know what you're up to these days.
1: Well, that realvest site, that's the site that we use in all of our marketing when we send out our letters to. Gotcha. Uh, the landowners. So. They, you know, if they have questions about our company and everything, they, they can go there Real and check Vest it and see out. See what we're all about. Yeah, that's about our investment company. Yeah. Got,
0: gotcha. Okay, so Real Vest is your investment company. They can find you on LinkedIn if they'd like. I need, yes. to, I need to come and connect with you on LinkedIn myself. Turning Profit Great. is your podcast, and that's the one yes. I signed up for, so I could be part of your. I would call it like your uh, eco community because you're kind of yes. as- assembling everybody together. You just approved me. I'm super happy about that. Great. Feel like I won the lottery. And then here I am on your <laughs> Instagram. And I thought like I went listening to some of these videos this morning and you know, I'm going to play this one. It, tell me, who is this? Is this your wife? Is this your colleague? Oh, that's my
1: wife. Yes. Okay. That's my wife. She's oh. the co-host on our podcast as well. Awesome. Well, so.
0: well it looks like I'm not going to play any videos right now. I'm not logged in, but... Anybody wants to go to your Instagram, they're going to find you at Turning Profit Pete. And you can check out some of your awesome videos there. And then on YouTube, you've got a ton of videos, Flip Land, Make More Money. So anybody who's watching today, you want to learn a little bit more on how to do specifically what Pete and his wife have been doing. That's all you really need to do. Um, And then let me see. I think I've got one more link to share. Oh, yeah. Your Facebook at Turning Profit. So that's your hash on everything. or is, No, that's your Twitter. So pretty much, you oh, look Twitter. for turning, yeah. turning Profit Pete on any platform. You're there. You're even on TikTok, which is really funny yeah. to me because... I'm trying to get into TikTok, dude. I just have not been able to do it. I know my kids <laughs> do. I know there's a ton of realtors doing all these really annoying videos, their hands flying around. They're and, dancing
1: for me <laughs> now. Yeah, I, I can't
0: dance. I have two left feet. What do you talk about on TikTok? Is it the same as on your YouTube and on your yeah, other platforms? It's
1: a, it's the same stuff on all the other platforms. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of it is clips from, um, our podcasts or podcasts mm-hmm. I've been, other podcasts I've been on like this one, yeah. or, you know, we do some, some little, uh, sometimes some short form, you know, specific videos for short form. But, uh, the, the content that I like the most, uh, that I'm the most proud of is the stuff that we do on YouTube just cause it's longer and we can, you know, we People can dive we can into it a little bit more. more, you know, the. Instagram and everything like that are kind of the just a little taste of that and I hope people will go over to YouTube or join our community. You know, that's kind of my Well,
0: I'm excited to check out your community as you start growing your community and your ecosystem with other agents across the country because quite frankly, you know, if I'm looking to do some land myself in another state, I might hit you up to see if you know somebody who's any good in these other areas and it sounds like you've already dove into many, many states and you have lots of contacts everywhere. So that's reason right there to get on your turning point, um, turning process site and get signed up so that people can, you know, get, start getting emails from you, I'm assuming, and, yeah. and, newsletters and all the such. So I'm excited. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share with anybody watching or listening or any advice that you'd like to give? Because you know what? I, I will, I will date the show. We're mid-March, actually towards the end, one day away from the Fed's telling us whether they're going to make our lives a lot harder or a lot easier in the next upcoming months. Um, And it's a kind of scary time, March 22nd tomorrow. So what are your thoughts about the economy and investing moving forward? And I'm assuming you feel pretty wholeheartedly that land is a safe bet going forward. Otherwise, I would assume you wouldn't be specializing in it.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel land is, is uniquely positioned for this kind of market that we're in. We haven't experienced any sort of slowdowns or Anything like that, and what we do, we we've been doing. It's it's for a couple of reasons I think because land is kind of the ultimate asset, and we're in an inflationary environment right now. And in theory, you know, the value of land should be increasing with the uh, you know uh, with with the inflation that we're experiencing. The other thing is land purchases. A lot of them are with cash, so it's not not very frequent that we get people getting a land loan. So they're not the the value of land are not as tied to interest rates as you know like the single family homes are
0: that's a that's a great reason right there alone you're absolutely right i mean i i know of a brokerage here that will loan on land and you have to pretty much give them your firstborn and your dna if you're (laughs) going to do that so you know it's definitely yeah it's it's harder to qualify and the rates are higher so it kind of keeps people away but people with money and cash want to play that seems like a really safe place to play and i like the fact a you don't have to worry about tenants you know you're not worrying about a lot of the maintenance that you would with a regular house yeah. that you're investing in and for say um you know multiple people maybe going in on a piece of property it's probably less arguments about land than you would on a actual house on who's going to get to use it when kind of things so i yeah. think there's a lot of great reasons to look into land and personally um i think it's a great way to build affordable homes if you can get great deals on land too so i i have a thing to learn or two from you pete and i look forward to following what you're doing and being in your school and learning more so thank you again for coming today and anybody who wants to find you what's the best place on your website or where
1: uh, yeah best place is to go to turningprofit.com and you'll find links to everything there
0: awesome that's what we'll do thanks pete take care we'll talk to you another time
1: well thanks rebecca appreciate it thank
0: you for coming on the show today bye-bye Pete Reese is the president of Realvest Properties, a land development investment company with nearly two decades of real estate experience as a broker and investor. Pete has successfully purchased and sold hundreds of pieces of real estate for profit over the years for himself and on behalf of his clients. He did three and a half million in revenue last year alone with his land flipping and development business, and he's looking to do 10 million in 2023. He's always looking for his next deal, including his longtime dream of his own private island. Besides his professional accomplishments, Pete is the proud father of three beautiful girls, keeps up with his family by working out and enjoying the vegan diet, and is the 31st great-grandson of King Henry II. As I talked about on the show, make sure if you want to find him, go to turningprofit.com. Reese at turningprofit.com, R-E-E-S-E is his email. And if you want to give him a shout, 760 908 Thanks, you guys. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember, that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us.